All right, guys, welcome to episode 45 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And this week, we're going to be talking about the trial of the Chicago 7. Um, we're going to talk about uh, Demon Slayer, uh, Bad Trip on Netflix with Eric Andre. Uh, we're going to talk about the shocking news of Roy Williams retiring. Uh, and, and like how it must feel to be a UNC fan in that moment. Mm. Um, and then also we're going to talk about uh, Ever going back to the movies now that he's, you know, got both shots and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also we're going to talk about some shit that absolutely creeped us out as children. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was not on our list of topics at all, but you know what? It happens. <laughs> uh, but first... start with what we've been watching or playing lately yeah all right so so what have you been watching yeah so uh this week i got uh i I watched uh two movies but i can start with um one of them they were both on netflix and i think both of them yeah both of them are netflix movies um so the first one is the best picture nominee uh the trial of the chicago seven um and this one you know came out last year of course um since it, you know it's part of the Oscars um, or the Oscar nominees, um, and it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, and he have you know created The West Wing, and he also wrote a bunch of movies like Molly's Game, uh, but he won his Oscar writing The Social Network, and okay. uh, the movie's about uh, the 1968 Democratic Convention, and like there were these riots in Chicago, and then afterward the Justice Department under Nixon um, tried to label the people who were protesting as like anarchists and like they're part of like a, a faction trying to bring down the government and, and try to sentence them to like, you know, like 10 years just for protesting, Damn. you know, the Vietnam war and the era and stuff. Um, and I thought it was just okay. I thought it was just, I, I, I was telling a friend that, you know, I was expecting a little more considering like all the Oscar nominations and, you know, I think it's directed, it's um, nominated for like best screenplay and best picture and, uh, you know, best supporting actor and I, I think like a couple of other ones, best cinematography, which I was like, what the fuck? Because it's pretty <laughs> much filmed. It, I mean, it's like a, it's like a really long courtroom drama, okay. um, kind of like you know, like a TV one. But there's really nothing there that sort of gives you that extra, like, you know, like oomph, right? That takes you to the next level. That that, that takes you to like, oh shit, this is Oscar worthy. Um, right. Some of the editing ed- editing is, is is nice, but there's nothing like. Other than that, I'm like, this is just kind of like... You're just well, telling the story that already existed. Congrats. Right, <laughs> right, right. And then also the movie has these weird shifts in tone um, that are not, not super like strong shifts. But, you know, it, it would be kind of like wacky. Not wacky, but it'd be kind of like really light in some parts. Um, and then really dark. But, you know, some movies can do that, but they handle them deftly, and, and they know how to alternate between the two. And this one was just kind of like, well, okay, that was a little jarring. Like, why did they say that line? Or, like, why is this actor acting in this way? Some actors are very, um, I'm going to say they're very, uh, like, 
hyperbolic. They're very like they're very they're quote quote you know characters with a capital C, and then other people are much more subtle. So when you put them in the room together because they're part of the same you know Chicago Seven, you go, what the fuck is going on? These people are like from different movies. Um, but the dialogue is great. That's one thing I, d- I did love about it is, of course, you okay. know, you get that, that Sorkin dialogue. Um, but other than that, I was just kind of like, okay. I mean, I- I've seen half of the nominees at this point, and I would say this is probably the weakest one out of the four that I've seen. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. You don't really want to go into an Oscar movie viewing like that, but, I mean, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I would, like I said, I, I thought this one was going to be one of the better ones. Like, that's why the re- that's the reason I watched it next, because I was like, oh, like, this is, like, at a minimum, I'm going to get some, like, really sweet-ass directing. Like, the story's going to tell me something that, like, you know, tells it in an interesting way that I didn't know. Like, I, I-, I went into it expecting more. Right. Um, And I ended up being like, wow, like, that's kind of, like... You know, compared to something like The Sound of Metal, which I think is is much more sophisticated, I was like, hmm, okay. I mean, <laughs> sure, but... Congratulations, right. you did a stylized documentary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so I would say, I mean, like, if you want, like, if people want to, like, you know, watch all the Oscar movies, I don't think you're going to be bored or you're going to be like, oh my God, that was fucking terrible. What the fuck? I think you're just literally going to be like me. You're going to be like, okay, all right. That's a movie that exists. Yeah, that's a movie that exists, and I enjoyed, or that I watched, and I was like, okay, I think I learned a little bit more, but not enough to, to, to you know, warrant all of the Oscar nominations. Right, like, for what it's worth, Judas and the Black Messiah is also based on a true story, but you get, like, a lot of, like, new, maybe not new information, but, like, the way it's told, it gives you different perspective, you know what I mean? Right. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's just like... Yes, yes, and there, the, all the performances feel like they're from the same movie, and the directing is sharp. There's like some uh, really interesting uh, camera tricks that that Shaka King does in that movie, um, and this one is just like has nothing, which is actually kind of interesting because so one of the Chicago, I think is well, I don't think it's the Chicago Seven, I think it's somebody who was an eighth one, and they eventually take him off the trial was Bobby Seale, who is mentioned in Judas and the Black Messiah, oh, okay. and Fred Hampton actually is in this one. He's in he plays like a very very minor role. Um, gotcha. and so it's interesting that, you know, both of them actually, you know, of course, Judas and the Black Messiah mentions it, but this one also mentions, you know, when he was assassinated and, um, it happens like halfway through the movie and you go, oh, wow. Like that's like, you know, it, it's just interesting that, you know, something that I think had never been put the film before now happens or hasn't been told in, in film before now is talked about in two movies. I just thought that was really, I was like, well, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad. I'm yeah. That's an odd thing. If you have it, yeah. like. Like, I had never heard of Fred Hampton, personally. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, now there's two big movies back to... Well, maybe not back to back. But two big movies, like, coinciding within the same year, like... Yeah. That are talking about this thing that I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. And both nominated for a bunch of Oscars, yep. Right. So, um... So that's Child of Chicago 7. Mm. Um, myself, uh... I haven't really started anything new. Um... I've, I've watched, uh... Another episode of The Boys... Mm-hmm. I've only watched one. I've watched like three or four more episodes of Demon Slayer, um, which I'm going back through. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the the one thing is, is The Boys is an hour, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Demon Slayer is a 22-minute show. So it's like, <laughs> those are the best. It's like, I don't really, like anytime I'm even remotely feeling tired, I'm like, yeah. mm, let me just watch one of these 22-minute ones instead of this trying to like truck through this full hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's a benefit to the show. But then on top of that, like as I'm going through it, 
Um, you know, I, I've seen it before and I've seen it kind of recently, so it, it, there's not a whole lot that's surprising me, mm-hmm. um, per se, but like so much of like the art style is just, it, I want to say it seems super unique. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I will say that especially about a lot of particular scenes and the way they blend their CGI and hand-drawn animation, um, mm-hmm. It's always extremely striking. Like, they definitely pick their moments of when to, like, try and make a scene out of something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like for example, like, Dragon Ball Z, there's a million scenes where it's just, like, like he's just yelling, like, ah, getting stronger, right? And it's right, like, right. you can make a scene out of that, like, I don't know, the first time someone, like, the first time Goku goes Super Saiyan, right? Like, there's... Right, right. There's a startling visual change that is is demonstrated by you watching like someone basically just through will and effort like transform right. There's like a right. certain level of like holy shit and like even as a kid you remember that you know what I mean like like mm-hmm. the difference between like Super Saiyan one and two wasn't much but then like the first time you see Super Saiyan three with the crazy long hair you're like the fuck right. <laughs> like there's a level of just like shock and awe almost. Yeah. And and there's a little bit of that here, but they they're much more picky about when they do it, um, and and I think it lends like, it just feels like like the, f- I can visualize this scene, but like one of the first times you see him use a technique he's learned, like it's a hand, all I think almost all of the environment, maybe not all, a lot of the environment at different points in time is CGI. Um, mm-hmm. the characters are all hand-drawn and, and all of like the attacks and animations are hand-drawn, but like mm-hmm. there's a specific one and it like, he, he says what he's going to do because that's anime. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, as he goes to do it though, it like shifts and all you see is like the tip of the sword. Like it zooms in super hard on the sword. You see the tip of yeah. the sword. And then as it's going through, like you see the effects of like what he's learned on the sword like ripple off but they're very like all right this is gonna sound stupid but like it do you if i say like anime water do you know what i'm talking about like it's it's like bright blue and then there's like a ton of like the crests of waves you know what i'm talking uh, like the white crest and it's always super swirly looking mm-hmm. as he's swinging through the air you can see that like come off and it's so bright and vibrant and like distinct from everything else you're seeing Mm -hmm. that like the first time it happens you're like holy shit like that looks so cool Mm -hmm. and so you're immediately just like drawn in for the rest of the fight you know what i mean Uh, okay okay um it's it i really like the art style like more more so than any other anime like there are other anime i like like um attack on titan is one Mm -hmm. uh that's like a super big one and, and like the reasons it's good are completely different and um god i had one in my head but like samurai shampoo cowboy bebop those are all like mm-hmm. their own little thing and they're good but like this one is the first one where i've literally just been like the way this visually looks is just like what's drawing me in i mean like the story's fine and it's good you know what i mean i don't have any qualms with it and yeah. i'm sure this is the first season of a brand new thing. Like I'm sure as we go on, it'll only get better. Right. But like, just like every time something new happens, it's so startling. Like for example, like every anime you've seen a dude where they fight and their hands are just a blur. You know what I mean? Like that's super standard for any fighting 
in any anime period. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you, the constant like a uh, fucking what is it? Um, like like Goku and Vegeta whenever they're fighting in the sky, and it's just like you just see like the two little dashes in the sky like darting around. Yeah, you're you know like, what I mean? Because <laughs> like, the movies are like, fast, you can't keep right. up. Yeah. Oh my god, they're so strong and fast because it's always like they're moving super quick and then it's super loud sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like this doesn't try to do that at all. And it's still, like, such a different thing I've seen. You know what I mean? And so I'm mm-hmm. I'm still enjoying going back through it the second time, which is okay. an oddity for me. Nice, um, thanks. Cool. So if you're looking for anything that's quick, mm-hmm. um, easy to get into, it's only been out. There's only one season. Um, oh, okay. 22 minutes each episode. So it's definitely worth checking out. I would say if, if by episode episodes? two or three you don't know, then or you're not into it, probably you can, you can pull off of it. Mm-hmm. But even the thing is, three episodes of that is still just like, did you watch one episode of The Boys and like it? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the the time commitment's not too bad. Um, but hey, it's it's really solid. How many episodes is it? The first season? Um, let's see. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Demon Slayer Season 1 episode list. Based on it being an anime, I'm going to say probably somewhere around 20. Okay. I feel like that's kind of standard, like 20, 25, somewhere around there. Oh, okay, okay. That's not too bad. That's like, uh, you know, network TV season length. Right, yeah. And it's 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 really enjoyable, in my opinion. Um, nice. Yeah, so uh, between that and the boys, which not much has changed. Yeah. Um, except, wait, hold on. There was something. I, mm-hmm. I was watching this episode, and I literally laughed out loud, and it had nothing to do with anything that actually happened in the episode, really. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't trying to be funny. I, I can't remember what the event was, right? I can't remember what the action was. But Butcher did a thing, and it was, like, so over the top. Like, I'm too cool for school. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm the coolest fucking guy that ever lived. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so, like, you talked about that in the last episode. And since then, I watched this episode, and he mm-hmm. did it. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, it just... You saying it has shown such a light on it, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. spotlighted him. And so now, like, anytime he does anything, oh, it's, they're getting, um, I mean, is episode five, like, spoilers for anything? Like, how do we feel about me saying, like, what one character does in episode five of a show? Um, I don't remember which, what happens in it. I watched it so long ago. What, what, uh, which character? It's Huey. Huey is asked to do a thing in a VIP room, and, like, the butcher acts like it's this nonchalant thing, and Mother's Milk is like, "No, we gotta train him." And Butcher's like, "Ah, eh, be fine." He's like, he's blackmailing the guy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Butcher's like, "He'll be fine." And it's like a, it's like a superhero that he's trying to blackmail, and so mm-hmm. he's like, "Yeah, he'd be fine." And Mother's Milk's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And like Butcher's like. Eh, he's killed a super. Like, this is no big deal. And it's like, Jesus Christ. All right, I get it. <laughs> and then he it's just like, fucking wanders off. He yeah. just pieces out. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, the show looks at him kind of like how um, I think Quentin Tarantino looks at um, Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where it's like, this guy is just the coolest guy. You know, we're going to give him the coolest lines. He doesn't care. You know, he's picking up, you know, teenagers and doing the peace sign and, you know. Yeah. Right, he's not scared of this weird ass spawn ranch shit. Right, it's like that. It's like he thinks he's like the coolest. They, when they write him, they're like, "This is the coolest person that ever walked the earth." So and, here's my uh, question, though: Why does it seem? Why did it work better for Brad Pitt? Is it just like Quentin Tarantino is a better writer and Brad Pitt's a better actor, so it just meshed? 
Because yeah. I feel like Brad, Brad Pitt's character, even though we know that's what's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. it all seems natural. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Versus, I mean, I think like, it's a little bit of both. I think Carl Urban, I think, you know, I don't have to tell you, he's not Brad Pitt, right? So he's like, right. it's, it's a very, it's like, kind of like how we were talking about how, um, you know, when you cast Brad Pitt and Leo DiCaprio, you're casting them two because they're the peak of what they do for a reason, right? Because like, right. Leo DiCaprio has this effortless energy, just like Brad Pitt does, um, where... I don't think Carl Urban does, or if he does, it's a different type of energy. Right. Um, so I think it's just that. I think it's like that. And of course, he's a better writer than this. And of course, this is superhero, wacky, pulpy shit. And that's more, you know, right. more typical drama. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. What's funny to me, real quick, is that, like, all right, I'm no expert on accents, okay? Mm-hmm. So Carl Urban is from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hadn't heard that, I just would have assumed he's Australian. I don't know if that's a stretch. I feel like that's... I'm going to say I feel like it's basically the same. Some If if we had people from Australia and New Zealand listening, they'd be like, Hey, what the fuck? Like, that's not how... It's totally different. Yeah, but yeah. for me, those are basically the same. Yeah, same. Multiple people have referred to him as a British or English guy in this show so far. And every time I'm like, I don't even think he... He's, he's not even attempting a British or English right, accent. Talking, this is just Australian. Like, what the talking, fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you didn't, like, there's no fish and chips in this at all. Like, this is just Australian. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's, like, yeah, not guess... a big deal because it's only happened a couple times. And it's yeah. not, like, his identity is grounded in being British. You know what I mean? Like, right. he's a cool guy. It doesn't matter whether he's British or Australian. But, like, I just have noticed a couple people have called him, like, British, like, a British dickhead or, like, an English guy. And yeah. I'm like, he's, he's not even trying. Like, like I'm trying to, like, <laughs> like, it's not even, he's not even trying to pull that off. It'd be like if they're like, if, if a movie took place in Ireland and they're like this Irish bastard. And then it was like, just fucking Tom Hanks talking like normal. And you're like, right, what the right, fuck? right. <laughs> it's like, they're way different. Right, right. No. Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah, thing is, I don't think, I don't think Australian and English are like super different either. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't. I feel like there's probably a line where you could blur them together and I wouldn't notice. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's still like very, like, just like none of it sounds British to me. It all sounds Australian. Like, he, And that's why I feel like he didn't even try. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I think if he'd have tried even remotely, like a lot of people would have been like, that's a shitty British accent. Yeah. I would have probably just been like, whatever. But like, he's not even trying. And I'm like, that shit's just definitely Australian. Like, <laughs> and I feel like he, I mean, and, and I would think his English accent is probably good. Cause, um, his American one in, you know, in dread and, and star Trek, the movies he was in, I mean, it sounded fine. I wouldn't have known he was, you know, Australian if I didn't know, like if I hadn't right. No, if somebody had been like, Hey, he's Australian. Like if I hadn't read that somewhere. Right. Right. So yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why they say that. Maybe they're they're just trying to make a joke, like, "Hey, you know, he's he's clearly Australian, but these people call him English, so like, jokes on them." Maybe. 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 Also, I mean, every, I just looked him up, and it says he started in Xena Warrior Prince. It's completely unrelated, but holy shit, he's going way back. <laughs> well, that, it's so interesting that um, I don't know if you saw the retweet I had a couple weeks ago, maybe months ago, but the reason that Lord of the Rings was able to happen, you know, around that time, because if you think about it, you go what movies were coming out of New Zealand around that time, right? Like, you, you're like, they just kind of came out of nowhere, right? Because right. Peter Jackson came out there, and he had made a couple movies before, but you go, I they can handle that kind of um, 
infrastructure in terms of stuntmen and, and special effects and stuff. And the reason that that infrastructure was there for Lord of the Rings was because Sam Raimi and his brother had taken Xena Warrior Princess down there to do the show. And that's where they filmed that show. And so they oh. did it for a few seasons. And that built the infrastructure for like stuntmen and special effects and horses and all that extra shit that they would need for Lord of the Rings. Um, that was in place because of Xena. And I think oh, probably the Hercules show too. Yeah. That's intense. All right. Yes. Yeah, so we have the Lord of the Rings because Xena Warrior Princess Xena exists. Warrior Princess. That that's hilarious to me. Like we yeah. we have Lord of the Rings because of Xena Warrior Princess. Because of it, like a shitty fantasy TV show. Well, I don't know about <laughs> shitty. I think people liked it, but I never I never watched it. But I you know, but uh, I guess a a simpler TV show. I should. Say. You know what's funny? I was also going to say shitty, but I wonder how much of that is just because we probably didn't see it until it was dated. Right, right. And, you know, now we have Game of Thrones on TV, right? But, <laughs> right. you know, we forget that on TV was very different than movies. It was, you know, the Incredible Hulk and, you know, Cheers and shit, right? Like, nobody put money into TV. So this is the thing is, like, Kalen's grandfather, um, every time we went over to their house, he always had westerns playing. Like, old TV westerns, like mm-hmm. fucking Bonanza. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, yeah. shit like that. Mm-hmm. And every time I saw it, I was like, this is the worst looking shit I've ever seen. And I don't mean like <laughs> worst looking as in like visually bad. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, literally, like, how can anyone enjoy watching this shit? Like, mm-hmm. everyone walks in super slow. Everyone says everything super slow. Like, nothing is ever like, nothing quickly changes or escalates. It's always just this like, like, I can tell you a gunfight's gonna happen, like, five, ten minutes before the gunfight happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, holy shit, like, really? Like, this is, like, like I just don't understand how you could, like, I just couldn't sit down and watch that. I'd be, the whole time I'd be like, alright, let's, like, next scene, please. Like, we got it. Like, let's keep it moving. Like, we're just fucking dragging here. But yeah, I guess, like, I guess that's just the evolution of TV in general. Because I feel like Hollywood's probably always been a certain standard to a certain degree, you know what I mean? Right. But, like, TV's really, like, a whole... A new medium is not the correct term. But, like, I feel like now people are starting to realize, like, we can just pump, like, all sorts of money into TV shows and still be profitable. Or, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, like it, this doesn't just have to be box office anymore. <laughs> right, right. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, it used to be, you know, you get you become a TV actor and then you move, you make the move up, right? You'll never come back down. You never, ever, ever come back down. And now, you know, you have, like, Oscar winners on, like, TV shows. I mean, I mean, I know he's, you know, canceled now, but, you know, Kevin Spacey did a, you know, a TV show for Netflix. You go, what? He's got two Oscars. What is he? What? 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 Robin right. Wright? What? So it, it's a different, um, definitely a different, uh, you know, paradigm and, and setup than than what it used to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyways, that was it on The Boys. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, not about The Boys, uh, but I, I did watch one more thing. Um, I watched Bad Trip on Netflix. And so this was a movie that was actually going to come out last year, of course, like everything else. And then it got bought up by Netflix and they just put it out as one of their own. And this is a uh, hidden camera prank show, fake movie, mockumentary, not mockumentary because it's not a documentary. It's a story about, well, with Eric Andre and Lil Ray Howery and Tiffany Haddish. And I would say this isn't really, this is like, um, not really Borat, because Borat, it's like a mockumentary where he's like aware that there's a documentary crew following him. Right. This is more like a Bad Grandpa, where it's like a story, very thin story about a road trip that just happens to have like hidden pranks, 
throughout the thing, right? Um, and it was good. I mean, it was it was great. It was like a good time. To, it, it's like a good just like you put it on for an hour and a half less actually, and just have some fucking great laughs, and that's it. Yeah, um, it, I I have I've read I heard Eric Andre. Mm-hmm. He was on a podcast that I was listening to at the time, and he was mm-hmm. talking about that it was coming out. Um, and I like, I didn't remember him talking about this in the podcast until I saw an article about it. Um, I saw an article about it, and then I remembered he had mentioned that before. But like, they said apparently, like they had a knife pulled on them. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that scene is in the movie. Yep, yep, it's in the movie. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Uh, so, I mean, I guess if I spoiled that, I'm sorry, but I would just remember him talking about it and him saying, like, because, like, the whole thing is, like, so, for example, like, the Eric Andre show, right? Is that, like, mm-hmm. Eric Andre is kind of a psychopath, I feel like. like yes. Like, he's always, yeah. like, just looking to see, like, how far can we push this? Like, like how mm-hmm. far can I push someone out of their comfort zone mm-hmm. before, like, I get just an unreasonable reaction? Well, yes. not even unreasonable, because a lot of these reactions are reasonable. Um, but like, that's all the Eric Andre show is like, anytime they have a guest on, it's just like, this is just going to be a nightmare. And like, I I remember hearing him talk about how, like he, they have gone out of their way as the show has gone on to try and find people who like, are not going to be familiar with the show and how difficult it's become. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just remember him talking about them getting a knife pulled on him, and he said that I, one of them, I can't remember who it was, one of the other people in the movie, like, immediately was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he had to, like, get him back in. Like, he yeah, had to, like, get him Ray, to buy yeah. back into it. Yeah, probably Little Ray, yeah, because it's only, like, it's only the three of them, them two and Tiffany Haddish. Right, yeah, um, it was. It was Little Ro, or whatever his name is. Yeah, oh, Little Ro, yeah. But yeah, um, he was like, he was like, that dude, like, immediately after that scene filmed, he was like, I'm I'm not doing this. Like, I'm done. We're not filming shit anymore. And Eric Andre, <laughs> Eric Andre, the psychopath he is, was like, nah, come on. It's like, we can yeah. do this. We can do more. <laughs> I, yeah, I would say he he's, like, it's like his level on the show. Because I've seen some clips and I've seen, like, some bits of his show. This is, like, him filtered through something. I don't know. It's like him, somebody harnessing his energy so it's not just like full blast, right? It's like not like a fire hose just exploding on weirdness and chaos. It's like much more focused. Um, I mean, it's so like some of the things that happen, you go, holy shit, like that's crazy and stuff. Um, but none of it is like, right, like surreal, like wacky. Like he punches a right. fruit and then it goes flying and it becomes a dog, right? Like it's like, <laughs> it's more just like a, like a more typical prank show. But it's like, you know, it's the same, he has the same kind of... Uh, uh, fearlessness that Sasha Baron Cohen has where like you know anybody else in that moment would like crumble or they would start to get embarrassed or get red or they would start like you know what I'm saying like I, they would they know how Fearing to keep their cool <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah 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 or so yeah so like him Knoxville they're all like you know you tell Knoxville hey get in this thing he goes yeah yeah just make sure it doesn't punch up my face because I need it for the poster right? right and I feel like Sasha Baron Cohen's the same way and I feel like Eric Andre's the same way um and I think all three of them, all three of the movies, Borat, Bad Grandpa, and this one all succeed because of that. Um, and all three, I think, have... I haven't seen two Borat 2, but I think all three of them, the story is bare bones enough and um, sentimental enough that you go, oh, that's nice. Like, you know, it's like a, you know, it, it's not just like people being mean to each other to be mean. There's like a, a heart there that I think is like a nice solve over the fucking weird, wacky shit. Right. I will say one of the, like... 
this is not entirely related, but it's like my favorite, like, example of just like holy shit, like what people pull off in these types mm-hmm. of like situations with like these characters. Is I'm pretty sure that there's an episode of the Ali G show where he's playing as Borat because he had like the little segments as Borat, right? Yeah. I I'm pretty sure that he goes to like. I feel like it might be like one of those like country bars, like the bull or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It may have not been that. I, I can't remember exactly. I mean, I'm sure he ended up there in one episode somewhere. But yeah. like, I remember he starts to sing a song about how like Kazakhstan is country, right? It is like mm-hmm. being overrun by the like, Jews, mm-hmm. and it's like the most awful shit, right? Yeah. Not more than five minutes into this, it can't even be a full five minutes, right? He has the whole crowd of just, I'm pretty sure it's like real country down south people. Mm-hmm. He has like the whole crowd of them singing like, throw the Jew down the well. And I'm like, this is the most insane shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, mm-hmm. like how, like, first of all, there's, there's, how do you even get people to do that? Like, like, how do you even get people in a public setting to a person they think is someone they've never seen before to just join in on something like that? Jesus. That's so insane. And it's like that level of just like, because here's the deal. If you're Sasha Baron Cohen in that situation and you start to do this and it starts to fail horribly, like, yeah. things could get very wrong for you very quick. You know what right, I mean? And right, he was exactly. Like, yep, yep. He was like, fuck it. I'll, I'll do it. Like, I don't give a shit. And then it just worked. But like, the overall, like, who you are as a person. It's the same, like you said, same thing with Johnny Knoxville, Eric Andre. Like, to just be like, if someone brings up this idea and you're like, yeah, no, absolutely, I'll do that in public. Like, you're fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, have you no shame? <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, it's just crazy that people are willing to put themselves in that type of situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, be able to, like, keep their cool and, like, not freak out and... and... And stuff, and then at the end of the you know movie, they do like not a blooper reel, but it's like a a making of where they have like, oh, you know, here's the people that we talked to, and this is after we told them, and they're like, oh my gosh, you guys are crazy, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you kind of see how hard it is where every single scene that they have set up, they have to you know think about how they're gonna set it up, think about how they're gonna have people in there, how they're gonna incorporate Andre or Eric Andre into it, and and, and um. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's definitely like impressive, right? Um, but I, I definitely recommend it. I I mean, I think you know, like I said, it's I've had of course more fun with this. It was funnier than this. Like I, it was more enjoyable watching this than watching the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, <laughs> but not because it's like a better movie, just because I think it it's it knows what it is and it's like perfect distillation of this kind of movie, right? Like just right. this bad grandpa. Uh, even some of the Jackass movies. Um, it's very, very funny. And I definitely recommend it if you have Netflix. And I think, um, yeah, like I said, it's only like, with the credits, it ends up being about 80 minutes, 85 minutes. So okay. it's a breeze. Yeah, all right. I'm definitely going to check that out. Because it's funny. Hmm. All right, so there's like, I'm going to like lump this together. There's a show that everyone tells me is amazing. And mm-hmm. I, every time I have tried to watch it i'm like this is just bad like i don't understand what people see in it right Mm -hmm. and and the eric andre show kind of fits in that same uh in that same vein 
Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm trying to think. Like, the when I watch clips of the Eric Andre show, mm-hmm. it seems hilarious. It seems yeah. just absolutely hilarious. I I think I've once caught, like, an episode. And, like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, and, and like, just was so, like, I, I, like, can't even buy in to, like, realize what the fuck is going on. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, I... I I can get it distilled into short clips doing specific things, but like Eric Andre for me is just so all over the place. And like the other show is going to be like um, the Tim and Eric show. Yeah. People say that's amazing. Every time I've tried to watch it, I'm like, I don't see it. Like yeah. I like, I, I just can't like, I just don't see what people like about it. I, I'm just so lost. Like every yeah. time that shows on and I feel like Eric Andre is the same kind of thing, except like I've caught versions of it that I like. So now I'm like, I like Eric Andre a lot. So, like, even though this road trip thing, I, like, there's a chance I could go into it and just be like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, I, I have enough, like, now, now Eric Andre is high enough in on my list and I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. Like, I want to see everything he's in, even if I, like, his stand-up special seems like nonsense. Like, I, I feel like I just see them, like, screaming. Like, uh, you know how they show you, like, the little, like, trailer or whatever, yeah. whenever you hover it over it? Yeah. I feel like he's just fucking screaming the whole time. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really know if this is going to work, but I still kind of want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the exact same way about those two shows where I'm like, I mean, I, I don't think I ever would have, would be like, Ooh, the new episode's on. Let me watch it next week. See you guys. Right. I don't think I would ever do that with either one of those just because it's like, it's, it's, it's so surreal and it's always breaking like joke formats that your brain is always trying to catch up. And by the time you're done, you're like exhausted because your brain keeps going like, Oh, set up punchline, set up punchline. But this is all like set up weird shit that goes into a different thing that's supposed to be weird because it's funny. And so your, your mind's just always trying to keep up. And by the time you're done, you're like, fuck, that was exhausting. Right? <laughs> I don't want to, I'm tired. But I, I think this movie takes that and distills it and to like funnels perfect, it a little more and funnels it perfectly where it's, I mean, I had no, problems or qualms or being like wow this is weird at all i think this is just bad grandpa but with eric andre instead of the johnny knoxville character awesome i'm definitely gonna check it out yeah 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 definitely do yeah yep. all right so uh let's see what else we got going on um, do you want to work backwards start with the third with the last one and then go back up yeah sure all right so so uh you know today is april 1st april mm-hmm. fool's um, what was not an April Fool's joke is, I don't know, did it come out of left field for you? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. for me, who's not a UNC fan, came completely out of left field, but apparently Roy Williams is retiring. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I yeah. literally, I'm trying to think, I saw, like, two UNC, I think you tweeted, like, my phone's blowing up right now. Yeah, And another yeah. person who's a UNC fan tweeted something else but it didn't say what it was and i was like what the fuck is happening and i started scrolling down twitter like just try and catch like the thing and then it said boy williams retiring and i was like today's april fools i was like did they just bite on the joke but then i saw it multiple places and i was like Mm -hmm. i don't think this is a joke like this is crazy yep yep and i thought the same thing so i was actually on a work call and i saw two uh like a, a, a group of a couple friends texted me and then I saw a group me message pop up and they all, they had like a tweet, like a tweet link. And I was like, wait, that's weird. They both have like similar things. And I knew something had happened, but I was on a work call. So I'm like, shit, what is it? And so I kind of like, you know, my, um, they started talking and I sort of just looked at my phone and like opened the messages. And I was like, Roy Williams is hired. And I was like, what the fuck? And You're so like, I have to link... get off of this call. 
<laughs> the link, well, the Twitter link was like a tweet, a tweet, right? It said he's retired, you know, retires after 33 seasons as a head coach. And then it had like a little bit.ly link, you know, like the little like fake links that take you somewhere. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, when I click this, it's going to be like, April Fool's, donate to blah, 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 sorry, we got you. And then I clicked it and it was like an official press release. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is real. This You're is like, real. oh, because... no, this is the exact opposite of what I wanted. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, it is. Because then I was like, at this point, yeah, it's too late, right? Like, even if they go, April Fool's, a couple hours from now it's a bad look because you know espn tweeted uh, sent out like a push notification bleacher report fox college sports everything and, and cbs news nbc news they were all like tweeting about it um and so i was like damn like this is this is crazy um and it just it I don't, it just sucked because you know the last i feel like he's somebody who how can i say he's very good at what he does of course three national championships he is somebody like, I don't know if you have these friends who are very like chicken little sometimes. Okay. Where, or very the like pessimistic, um, where they'll be doing something and then something bad will happen and be like, that's it. That's the end of it. That's the end of it. We'll never, you know, we're doomed. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm probably the chicken little. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think I don't think so because this is like so like I, there's an account I follow that does like UNC game. It's like a guy who tweets like UNC stuff. Um, and so every time we watch the game, right, he'll be like, you know, we'll be down by like eight, and he'll be like, "This is it. This is the end of the season. I can't believe it. You know, I can't believe these guys are gonna go out like this." And then we'll eventually come back and make it a game. Sometimes win, but every time I'm tweeting, I'm like, I don't know him, but I'm like, dude, like in my mind, I'm just like, dude, calm down, man. Like it's okay. Like we don't win this one. It's okay. And I feel like Roy Williams is like this, where, you know, he has 16 years of great success, and then he runs into two seasons that maybe don't go well. One because of a literal pandemic, and one because we couldn't play more than seven guys at one time. Um, and it's like, I wasn't the guy. I'm not the guy to, to, to do these guys anymore. It's like, coach these guys. I'm like, coach, you literally had one true bad season, 2020. And then 2021 wasn't great, but they were all freshmen and we literally didn't, they weren't able to like train with them. Right. It wasn't like a regular year. So I feel like he's somebody right. who like, it, it, unless it's, everything's going well, if the moment it starts to go bad, he goes, I'm not this, this isn't for me. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy in lead. And so it, I think that that is good for when things are going well, like 2016, 17, 09, 05. But when things aren't going well, it's bad because then he thinks, right. He's not the good, he's not a good coach. Right. Well, right. whereas I feel like sometimes Bad, not bad, but like some other coaches, they'll have shitty seasons and they'll be like, well, we gave it all we tried. I'll be back next season. See you guys. Right. Coach K's like, I'm suspending the season. It's like, no, fam. Like, you lost. You're not. Yeah, right. Like, nobody yeah, wants yeah. you to continue your season. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny, too, because I, I feel like I don't know what like, the cause is of this, mm-hmm. but like, I also feel like Roy Williams has never really gotten the respect he deserved, even, like, within his own fan base. Yeah. And I don't know yes. what causes that. Like, yeah, you so, can't so, so. find a single Duke fan that wouldn't just, at a moment's notice, just slobber all over fucking <laughs> Coach Kate. Right, yeah, exactly. right, exactly. Um, I feel... Well, he said he had a press conference, and he said, you know, I've always said that... He said, I've always said that I'm going to coach until, you know, I can't, health-wise. But I realized in the back of my mind that it was always that plus until the moment that I feel like I'm not the right person for the job. Right. 
Um, and he said that the last two years, he's had a couple of close games where he realized he sort of had lapsed in telling his team what to do. He, he was like, you know, one time we were down by th- we were up by three. I didn't tell him to foul, and they hit a three, and we went into overtime and lost. And then another time, I did tell him to foul. He did, and then they had a miracle shot where that other team tied it, and it went into overtime, and we lost again. And again, I don't know. I just feel like he, he I don't know. He's like somebody who loves basketball that much, who reads all of it into that. Sometimes for me, overtime, like if you go into overtime, it's a coin flip sometimes for me. Right. Right. Like if you make it to the end and you go overtime, I go, oh, there's literally at that point for me, to me, 50-50 chance. Because I personally don't, I mean, I, I don't subscribe to like momentum, right? I don't, I, I think... I, I think sometimes that is a little bit overrated. It's like, oh, he's got the momentum. Like, no, they just, you know, made a couple shots, got got going, and their scheme worked a little better, right? Right. And so I feel like he he, he takes that in and goes, oh, a couple of close losses, that's it, I'm not a good coach. Where it's like, no, I mean, you know, it's close wins are great. If you're a good coach, you have a lot of close wins, but sometimes you get a bad stretch and you get close losses. It happens. Right. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, Andy Andy Reid is a prime example of, like, people were getting to the point, like, he's not even a good coach, you know what I mean? And it's like, right. nah, like, he, he's clearly a good coach now that we see it with the Chiefs, you know what I mean? Like, but people were dogging him before he ended up where he's at, you know what I mean? Yep, um, yep. But I, it's just funny, because we were talking about, like, just last week, how, like, for UNC fans, like, something like, the loss to Villanova happened. You're like, it's okay. Like, I, I, like we're we're one of the blue, but like we'll be back. You know what I mean? Kentucky loses something like that. I mean, obviously it's de- devastating when it ha- when it happens, but like there's always that like we know we'll be back. You know what I mean? Right. Like Duke mm-hmm. doesn't feel bad when it gets outed in the Sweet Sixteen. You know what I mean? They're like, we'll be in the Sweet Sixteen next year. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But like, and it's funny. It struck me that like how much all these like schools that seem to be like like the big ones Kentucky, UNC, Duke, like Kansas there's always a steady hand at the top. You know what I mean like, like mm-hmm. you have coach K, you have John Calipari, you, you know what I mean like you you have all these like people that's like not like while we're good it's this one guy here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like as a UNC fan, I can't imagine like like so for me, like if Beheim retires tomorrow, I'm gonna be like, that's you know the end of an era. But like, I don't necessarily feel that like there's no chance we could ever get back to as good as Beheim was, right? Like, I don't think that's an impossible reach. Right. I I can't imagine having like you said the success of three. I think I saw a tweet that said like since Roy Williams has been at UNC, no team has won more championships than Roy Williams has at UNC. Yep, it's three. I think uh, Connecticut, Duke, and Villanova all have two. Right, and first oh, of all, Florida. First of all, isn't that crazy that three over eighteen years is like the top? Yes, like, yeah. And, and I know it is that way because the NCAA tournament on its own is just designed to be an upset machine. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. anything where you have, uh, hold on, one hundred and thirty-two teams now. It's probably more than mm-hmm. that. I can't remember how many play-in games there are. But, like, anytime you have that many teams in a tournament and it's single elimination, that shit's just going to – it's just going to – teams – my dad said, like, teams lose to to upsets all the time throughout the regular season. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like UNC, I feel like I is notorious just based on me having UNC fans of losing to like fucking some like Wofford. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. you're gonna lose to one of yes. those in the beginning of the season. So like at the end of the year, like what's out of eight games, like you know what I mean, or however many before you get there, like there's bound to be an upset somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, right. like right. it's just designed to be that way. And so like for you to be the team that's always in it, always doing well, to then like lose your head coach and not just lose him but lose him suddenly like Bayheim's been about to retire for like five ten eight years now if you like you know what i mean probably like five mm-hmm. to just all of a sudden it'd be like well williams retired you're like holy shit where do we go like who right and also you were good before roy williams like for an extended period of time because you had dean smith for so long so it's like you went from like a, a, just a consistent steady hand of like success you had small bits of turbulence, and then we're immediately back to, like, strong, steady-handed success. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the thing now, the thing that's interesting about this search is, right, college basketball, I think, is not kind of, you know, it's it's not what it used to be in terms of, like, you would go, you play at a school, then you would eventually maybe coach that school, right, and you would always go back, right? Right. That would be, like, where you work. Now I think it's, like, you just open up, you go to a job, and that's, like, it. Um, and what I mean by that is that, like, Bill Self, I don't think he went to Kansas. John Calipari didn't go to Kentucky. But those are, like, two of the four biggest jobs, right? Coach K didn't. Um, but I think he's a little different because he's been there for forever. Right. Um, Texas, I don't think Chris Beard, he just got hired there. I know it's not one of the premier ones, but, you know, it's it's a big school. And I don't think I think I think he went to Texas. I don't I don't know exactly, but... But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, those guys didn't go, but they're the big coaches there now. Whereas in Carolina, they're they're going to want to be like, got to keep it in the family, right? You know, right. Dean, he coached here. You know, Bill Guthridge, he, you know, coached here. And, and then Matt Doherty, he played here. And then he's got a coach here. And I think Carolina just got insanely lucky that the next available coach was Roy Williams, who happened to go to Carolina. And they were able to, quote, you know, keep it in the family. Whereas now, I don't think there's that, like, obvious next coach that – is the Roy Williams equivalent now, right? Like, it's like, there's the, no The coach only thing that's... I've seen from people online is, but Money Jones is like, how quick do you think they're going to set up the press conference to hire Wes Miller? I don't yes. know who Wes mm-hmm. Miller is, but I apparently, I, I've seen it a couple times. Like, he seems to be the, um, he, he seems to be the front runner. <laughs> right. And they're saying he, either him, he coaches at uh, UNCW, no, not UNCW, uh, UNCG. Okay. Um, it's either him or Hubert Davis. And I don't think Hubert Davis has ever coached college. But then it's one of those things. It's like maybe he's just waiting for that to happen, right? Like, uh, right. Maybe Howard, he's never right? coached college because he's known that, like, if I'm going to coach college, it needs to be here. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Maybe it'll be like John Howard where he, like, played for the Heat, then coached for the Heat a little bit. And then you go, oh, John Howard got hired by uh, Michigan. You go, like, what? Like, I mean, I guess. And then now he's got the number one recruiting class coming in, right? Right. So, I... I don't know. I, I I don't know where they go from here. I don't this know. This is a lot think. of uncertainty for right. a place that has been nothing but certainty. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it was always like, oh, you know, these recruits transferred, but you got Roy next year, right? No matter what. Yeah. Um. So if, let's I, put it this way: if if Coach K ever just decided to retire, kind of out of left field, Duke fans are going to be in the exact same position. Where like, I don't know. Like, like there's like 
he uh what's his name john shire isn't that like he on isn't he on coach k's staff yeah mm-hmm. even with him there i feel like there's gonna be a certain bit of just like oh shit like i hope this turns out good <laughs> right right exactly i don't yeah because i don't think um i forget woge wojahowski whatever yeah the motherfucker from the 90s he was at marquette i think he was like the next biggest coach and he uh got fired and they got shaka smart at marquette so, yeah. <laughs> right? And so then there's Jeff Capel at Pitt, but Pitt's been ass, right? So there's no, like, heir apparent anywhere for either one of them where it's like, oh, there's John Smith, and he's doing really well at um, UCLA or what's, like, another mid-level Arizona. Like, if the coach at Arizona, right? right. I always heard that the coach at Arizona, Sean whatever, was going to be the next guy at Carolina until the FBI shit happened. <laughs> um, right. So I, I don't think there's, like, that, right? You know, when when Dean left, it's like, oh, Roy's at Kansas, and Kansas is doing really well. There's no that for Duke or for Carolina right now. Right. So so it's just a lot of uncertainty to just be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, I guess we're just I mean, for, Roy's been there for 18 years, so that would make you, what, mm, 10? When he got the eight, nine or ten, when he got there. Oh, right? when he got the job, uh, 2003, I had just turned 10. Yep, yep. And so, so and that's. You probably weren't super into fucking college basketball before the age of 10, right? You know what I mean? So, right, so as exactly. long as you've mm-hmm. been like, I'm following college basketball and I'm a UNC fan, he's been the fucking guy. And you've been right. yep, yep. really good for all of it. <laughs> like, yeah. And like I and, and, and I followed Carolina basketball like throughout high school and college. Like I was never like or I was in middle school and high school. And I was like, oh, Carolina, just because it's like I'm from North Carolina. North Carolina is here. Um and it wasn't until I went to school there that I was like, oh, I'm a fan. I got to follow along, right? Like, I know, like, Roy, I keep up with the team and stuff. Right. So ever since then, it's always been like, oh, my God, like, he's been there. Like, oh, shit's rough. He's, you know, it's, it's bad, but he's still there, right? So the whole time that I've, like you said, I've been, like, aware of Carolina basketball, he's been the guy, right? Yeah. That's that's an intense thing to step away from and hope to fucking land right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it would, it would be one thing if, like, you know the team was like really good. And then you go, Oh, next year's going to be sweet. But the fact is that like, you know, one dude is leaving for the NBA. We're graduating a bunch of dudes. One of them transferred, um, which I think was the, the camel, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back was that seven foot phenom leaving. Um, yeah. because like, you know, not many teams use bigs anymore the way that Carolina does. And so if I'm Roy and I go, Hey, one of the most talented seven foot two motherfuckers ever just left. I go, yeah, something's wrong. I'm doing something wrong. Because clearly, right. if I'm running a system where one of the few systems in a high-profile school where he would benefit because it's, it fits him perfectly and he wants to go somewhere else, then something's up. And I feel like that's, like, another thing, right, where I was saying, like, he, he sort of takes the losses, the small losses really hard and the big wins, like, wins. But, like, you know, if he loses to Duke and it's a close one, he goes, shit, what did I fucked up? I fucked up, Roy. God damn it. Like, what's Dean going to think? And I feel the same way where he's like, I lost this big recruit. Shit, I'm not the guy anymore. And it's like, no, no. You know, it's it's a one-time thing. You know, next year you'll get another big and it'll be fine. But, of course, you know, I can't. But there's there's the thing is, there's always that, like, I mean, is he, is he overreacting or is he just seeing the writing on the wall earlier than other people? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard Ma- to tell. Maybe, maybe, and maybe he, you know, like, you know, nowadays, I think, you know, they're going to have to start letting uh, kids transfer and play immediately. And I think they're doing that this year. And I just don't think he likes that. I think he likes having dudes come in, play a little bit freshman year, develop, 
into the system and then have seniors lead him. I think that's the way he just looks at it. He's not John Calipari. And surprisingly, Coach K has been one who's been able to adapt to having one and dones. Right. But Coach Cal loves coming in and be like, oh, this kid's going to come in. He's going to go to the NBA. And if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But, you know, whatever. I think, just... I think one thing that's – the one thing that's super redeeming about Calipari for me, like regardless of how you feel about, like, whether the one and done system works for college basketball or even if, if it should even be a thing. Oh, I yeah. Think, it might I be think... the same thing that I, I like him for, but go ahead. It's like he – he, like – specifically is like i just want everybody to get into the nba <laughs> like mm-hmm. like, yep, yep, like yep. every time he drafts someone i don't feel like he ever wants them there for more than a year if they're good enough to go to the nba he's yep, like i yep. just i just want to help people do what's best for them to make the money they should make <laughs> yep yep i yep I, that's the exact same way i feel about about him where he's always like well you know let's get this guy for one year but fuck yeah dude let's go and he puts all the jerseys behind him when they're interviewing him of all these teams, right? Right. So he's always like, yeah, yeah, that guy's, you know, we lost in 2015, but these guys are all going to make millions, right? So I like that about him as well. I, I definitely share that um, opinion about Calipari. Um, right. Where I think, you know, if we get a bunch of one and dones, where he goes, yeah, they're great, but then he goes, damn, that would be nice to have him for four years. And he takes that as a personal affront for not having, you know, being able to keep him around like he was able to keep around Hansborough and Danny Green and Tyler Zeller and, and all those guys. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it, it sucks. I mean, but even, maybe... even still, uh, fucking, what's his name? What was the super, the guy that was supposed to be, like, the next fucking coming? Um, he plays... Harrison Barnes? Yeah. Yeah, even getting him to see an extra year, yeah. Like, that's, that's crazy, because, like, he kind of seemed like he should have just pieced out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he was on the trajectory. He should have, could have just been a one-and-done uh, one guy. Yeah, And, yeah. like, even getting him to stay another year, it's like, that's impressive. You know what I mean? Like, right. you got Tyler Hans- Like, Tyler Hansborough stayed four years because he was never going to fucking make it in the NBA. No. <laughs> but getting lucky, getting somebody like him or Kennedy Meeks, who who are guys who are, like, good enough to be really good in college, but not good enough where they bounce off the page and you go, oh, these guys got to go to the NBA. Like, right. they're on Sharp that was this year. Um, I and, and it just feels like... I don't know. Maybe you're right. Like it's it's weird, right? Because you go, is he reading into it too much and being like, dude, calm down. It happens. There's cycles where teams going in a slump. Like Calipari missed the NCAA tournament tournament in 2012, and then he missed it again this year. And I don't think they were too hot last year. Um, so do you think he's freaking out? Probably not. But Roy, is it reading too much into it, or is it just like the result of a bunch of just shit going wrong for us? So like in 2017, you know, we had a, a, a recruiting class. And it was, like, two seniors that came out this year, and both neither one of them really became what they were going to. One of them got kicked off the team. Raymond, Raymond Felton's nephew got kicked off the team because he was spreading... Well, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> he was spreading uh, STIs and not telling women, so he got kicked off the team. Oh, shit. And so there goes a, rec- a highly tattered recruit. Kobe White comes in. I see a little come in. They're both one and done. So you don't have anybody to replace Luke May. So honestly, since like 2015, his best recruit in terms of somebody who stayed and developed is Luke May. If we don't have Luke May those years, I, I dudes are leaving. Dudes aren't developing like they're supposed to. Kobe White's leaving after one year. Nasir Little's leaving after one year. Cole Anthony's leaving after one year. Dayron's leaving after one. So you uh, motherfuckers are transferring. So you go, okay, what's going on here? Because from like 2010 to like 2015, nothing like that happened. Right. right. 
Dude stayed. And even if there were like some academic scandals, dude stayed. They developed. We got juniors. We got seniors. That's how they won in 16. That's how they got to the championship in 16. That's how they won in 17. But then now you go, okay, like what's going on? Right. So maybe you're right. Maybe he like saw something and he's like, I, maybe I'm not recruiting the way I need to and and getting dudes who are going to develop anymore. Like I did, you know, just 10 years ago. Right. And it could just be the game has changed. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that could just be what it comes down to. Because, like, Roy has the system he likes to run. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, I think that's the one thing. I mean, I don't watch a whole lot of college basketball, so I can't really say for sure. But, like, I don't feel like I can pin down, like, what John Calipari's system is. He gets a whole new fucking batch of players in every year, and he's just like, I'm just going to use these guys however I feel like they play the best. Whereas, like, Roy's like, this is the thing I want to run. And so, like, if you have guys constantly coming in and leaving and just, like, kind of tumultuous turnover, like, it's hard to be like, this is the thing I want to run, but I don't yeah. have a guy that could. I mean, for what it's right. worth, yep. I mean, like, you had Marcus Page. Like, he was not he was not going to go to the NBA, like, super early or anything. So, you know what I mean? So, you got to right. groom him in that system and, and, like, knew he could run it. And, I like, that's a level of comfortability that I feel like Roy had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same thing, uh, the guy before him. Uh, uh, no Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same thing. Like, I, I can get you to run the system. Like, we can be great doing what I like to do and what I know how to do. But if, like, I'm getting a new point guard or a new big man every year, like, it's going to get tougher to do this thing. You know what I mean? Yep, like, yep, yep. No, you're, you're so right. Yep, yep. Because Marcus Page comes in freshman year. He's not great. But he's also not very. He's. Not, I mean, he's not bad, but he's also not very like great. He's like just like, he's like average. He's oh, okay. I, 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 all right. So, from the outside looking in, I mean, again, I, I remember thinking Marcus Page was not very good. I remember being very surprised that that was the best point guard they had. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, freshman year, yeah, because he was supposed to. Sit, he was supposed to sit behind Kendall Marshall because Kendall Marshall was supposed to stay an extra year because it's Kendall Marshall. But then right. he leaves, and Marcus Page gets the keys freshman year, and you're like, oh, he's kind of not that great but he's okay and then (laughs) his sophomore year he fucking goes off second team all-american 17 points i think average in like five or six uh assists and so he like kills it right but that's because he was an extra year and i just think it's the system that he runs it must be a lot more complex than maybe other ones are because Uh, we had i don't know that i think it might almost be the opposite like whereas maybe his system isn't as complex but I, I think he does just set a lot of responsibility on the point guard and the big man specifically. Like mm-hmm. those two guys. Like all your wings just kind of do whatever. But I feel like, well, I mean, maybe it is complex. I, I don't know. I'm not a yeah. fucking analyst. But like at a certain point, I feel like there's a lot of just like, like you said, I'm giving you the keys. You just should know what to do. Like, like right. you know what I mean? Like we're not going to like scheme in my head. It seems like we're not going to scheme like a whole bunch of shit open to like help it's just like this works here you go like do it yeah it, like do um it. Yep. Yep. a good example and it's maybe it's not a good example but it kind of sounds to, or i imagine it to be like the triangle you know what i mean where it's like phil jackson's like this isn't complicated the guys that learned it didn't think it was complicated and it was just like here's the ball like do this thing it works and just make the right decisions. Right. And it's like, if you have someone that's experienced enough to know what the right decisions are every time, then it's like, 
it almost makes it simple. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. And so, like, I feel like that's what Roy Williams' thing probably is to a certain degree. It's like, I know, if nothing else, like, having a big man run the floor every time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I have a big man who's just going to fucking, every rebound is like, all right, like, I'm running all the way to the end. I'm not backing off. And, and then having a point guard who can consistently, like, navigate a fast break and see the passing lanes, blah, 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 blah. Like, all that stuff's not necessarily super easy. So, like, if you're giving it to a guy that's not, you know, used to doing it at that level, maybe you get to a point where your team looks bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Marcus Page's first year, the team did not look great. You know what I mean? But then the next year, he's got more experience. He's been through a lot of practice. He starts to understand everything a little more. And, like, that was all it took to make it gel. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because... Um, that's why I, he, he never calls timeouts. That's like one thing that I, has always been stressful. You always yell at the TV, Roy call timeouts because he, like you said, he, he goes, you guys know what to do. Just execute. Like, um, I was watching the UCLA, um, Michigan game this past Monday for right. the final four birth. And, uh, I believe Michigan is down by three with like five or six seconds and they inbound the ball and they're driving up the court. And they get past half court, and they call a timeout. And I was like, wait, what? Why did you do that? Because Roy would never do that. You inbound the ball, you go back, you don't let them set their defense, and you just play out because you're supposed to know what to do. Um, that has worked very well sometimes, like the Luke May shot, because they knew what they were doing. But then when you do that with a bunch of freshmen and transfers who don't know what to do, you end up just... Fucking, it looks fucking terrible. It, it looks, looks terrible. fucking terrible. <laughs> right. And that's what happened last year. He goes, last year we had six games decided by one possession and we lost all of them. Because it was literally a freshman, a bunch of, a couple of transfers who didn't know the system because they just had transferred. And of course you're going to lose those. So I think it, it, it's... That's that's when like you need someone. like So for example, in that same situation, Calipari is going to call the timeout and be like, I, I know what each of these guys do well. I'm going to draw something up real quick or, or yep. whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm yep. going to call a number for someone to do something. Whereas mm-hmm. Williams is like, you guys should know what works. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so for that, you need juniors. You need seniors. Right. Maybe a phenom freshman. And I think it was just you need, like a, you need glue guys. Which yeah. is like you don't get a whole lot of anymore. You need guys that are just like, I'm just here to do my part. You like know what I mean? Green. Like a Danny Green. Danny yep. Green. Uh, fucking. Yep. yep. Who was. Yep. Uh, there was a big man. He's. Uh, I don't even know if he's in the NBA now. It's uh, James Michael McAdoo. Oh, McAdoo. Yep. Yep. I feel mm-hmm. like he wasn't super great, but it like nope. he was a nope. senior uh, or he was at least a junior. Did he stay for mm-hmm. all four years? No, he, he just a junior. Yeah. Right, but even as junior, I, rem- I remember thinking, I feel like I saw him his sophomore year and thinking he was not that great. And then, like, even as junior, I remember thinking, like, I don't know that he's all that great, but, like, he- things around him just seem to work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, things just go with- right when he's in there a lot of times. <laughs> and same thing with Kennedy Meeks, I think, you know. he's Right. He- that dude could not jump higher than a quarter, but he-, he had such great handles. He had such a great feeling for the ball. He had great footwork. Um, immediately, like he started as a freshman, all four. He started pretty much all four years because he was just like that much better than the dude we had before. Um, so, yeah, I mean that that's what he needs. He needs guys like that who stay all four years, who talented enough to be well in co- do well in college, but not leave for the NBA. And like I said, I think it was just like a mixture of a bunch of. 
it's just like a mix of all the bad things, right? You get dudes who leave, you get dudes who get kicked off, you get uh, two upset losses running into a bus stall at Auburn in 2019 when, it, when they were number one seed. You get COVID, which fucks up, you know, the home environment, which he thrives on. You get transfers, you get injuries, you get more one and duns. So I think it just all snowballed into this thing where he was just like, I'm not the dude anymore, right? Right. For somebody who I think is a lot of, who, who, who depends a lot on being feeling like they're the guy and not knowing hey there's really no other option right out right out out there right now so i think that that's kind of it, it makes sense why you would feel that way given like everything that i just said but i don't know maybe maybe he was right maybe he you know left before it got really really bad right and i wonder how much of i kind of mentioned it earlier but like i wonder how much of like him feeling that way right it, mm-hmm. it, how much like I said, like sometimes, like you see UNC fans that are like act like they're not big Roy Williams fans. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like I wonder how much like stuff like that plays on. Because like I said, you go to you look at Duke, and there's not a single fan that's like I don't know if Coach K's got. You know what I mean? It's just like no, yeah. Coach K, the guy. And, and so like I wonder if he ever looks at like you know Coach K. I mean Syracuse to a lesser degree, you know uh, Calipari over in Kentucky, and sees like people just like say they're the guy the whole time. And, like, mm-hmm. for some reason, like me, I, I don't get that same benefit of the doubt. So maybe I'm – maybe there is a difference. And then, like, these things start to happen. You know, like, maybe your baseline for, like, I'm the best is, like, not as high as it is for those other guys because you're constantly, you know, like, should have called a timeout there, blah, 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 blah. Like, see, yeah. Roy always fucks this up. And so, like, I wonder if you just hear enough of that that naturally you're just kind of, like – a little less high on yourself, you know what I mean? A little less yeah. optimistic. And then once this snowball gets rolling, it much more quickly is like, oh, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's a lot like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say Kobe because I, I think Kobe maybe sometimes was a little bit too um, focused on winning. But I do think Roy loves winning, of course. But the losses, he just took them so fucking hard. Right. Where, you know, I feel like another coach or maybe, you know, even Coach A goes, well, we lost, but, you know, we'll be in the gym you know, tomorrow and, and we'll try to get better and stuff. Where I think Roy just sits there and he just thinks about him. Right. And you go, Dude, like, it's OK, man. Calm down. Right. You know, he's like, you don't. Dean would, would have been very proud either way. You don't have to keep thinking about letting him down in any way. Right. Where I think that's kind of, you know, that feeling going with all the losses and sort of step backs that have been happening the last few years you go okay that makes perfect sense why he would want to leave right yeah yeah so yeah it was a shitty april fool's day (laughs) yeah that's that's intense uh like i said i just that that's nuts that um that that came completely out of nowhere absolutely i I, the leftist leftist field yeah, I, I just feel like, I just feel like normally that guy at that kind of place, you know what I mean? It, like, like being that guy at a bat, like being the head basketball coach at a basketball school and having been there for twenty years, I feel like usually like everyone starts to see the writing on the wall. You know what I mean? Like, yes, like everyone's like okay, and then like you see like Roy Williams starts to he, he gets like a a new assistant and you're like okay he's he's this is the guy like for whatever reason like we all get the idea that this is the guy that's probably going to coach once he leaves and the the school starts to prepare for it you know like all that and it's time it was just like 
No, nah, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, I, it, that's nuts for, you know, it to catch everyone by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Definitely feels, um, definitely surprising. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, we'll, we'll skip the second one and we'll, mm-hmm. and we'll just go to, uh, to what you have labeled as the vaccination update. Yes. Vaccination update. Um, so I have been lucky and I am officially now what the government calls fully vaccinated, which means that it is two weeks after my second dose. Um, I was able to get a, a, you know, a dose fairly early because my girlfriend's sister works at Walgreens and they had some leftovers, um, early on. Um, and I know you said that you had gotten yours. I've gotten my first one. My second one is April 14th. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So in about a month, you'll be more, uh, you know, fully vaccinated, which is yeah. awesome. You know, it's 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 nice, and it's nice to see people, you know, get vaccinated here in North Carolina. I think it's, what, April 7th that I think all adults can get vaccinated, which by the time you're listening to this will be, I think, two days after. It'll be a day after. Right. So if you're an adult and you haven't been vaccinated and you live in North Carolina, you can go ahead and, and make an appointment now. Um. But yeah, yeah. So I, it feels so nice. What? It's like a... It's okay. like a, I was just gonna say it feels like a like a just like a weight off my shoulders. But I'm like I know it, it's not you're not out of the woods yet, but it's kind of like a okay, all right. Yeah, you're wearing you now. You know you're wearing a bulletproof vest. So if you get shot at, like you're you're feeling much better about your chances. Yes, and just kind of like and like with a bulletproof vest, you know that bitch will still hurt your chest. You'll be like ah, ah but you won't <laughs> you won't get a bullet in you. You know, right? You're you're probably gonna make it out. Yeah. Um, uh. So so. You know, you are now fully vaccinated, and yes. what does that mean for you, sir? Yes, and so that means one thing for me, which is going back to the movies. I'm going back to the movies. <laughs> Sydney and I are going to go see a movie. Um, she also, um, her sister was able to get one for her the day before me, so she's also fully vaccinated. But she would have been able to get one anyway because she's a teacher, so she would have been an early person. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so we're going to go to see uh, Godzilla vs. Kong in a movie theater tomorrow. Um, I don't think, um, we'll be buying any popcorn. Uh, I don't think, I think we're definitely going to be, you know, wearing our mask the whole time. When I bought the tickets, you know, the moment you select the two tickets, this sort of like, uh, seat halo forms around you where like all the seats directly around you get blocked out too. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know the capacity percentage right now, but I, I think it'd be like, maybe like 20, 25% right now. I think. Yeah, probably. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'll be talking about Godzilla versus King or Godzilla versus Kong, uh, next episode. Um, it's, I don't know. It, it's gonna, it's gonna be weird. I don't know. I, I think, um, especially cause I feel like it's, well, maybe, maybe not for you. Cause you, I imagine you go to a lot of movies. Um, but like for me, anytime it's even a remotely empty theater, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> yes. so like, on top of it already being weird because you know i haven't gone to a theater in over a year like it's just gonna be like oh and just the already weird part of it just being mostly empty <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah i mean that, that it used to be like that for me where i would go to movies and it would be empty because i would go you know saturday mornings sunday morning or you know at weird times but then over the last few years before covid hit i would go on tuesdays because it would be i think i mentioned before it'd be like five dollar movies um and those would always be packed and then of course you know when i went to see like avengers or big movies those would be packed so you're right i mean it's gonna be weird being in a movie theater that's like 
I'm not gonna say like clearly the people there are like excited to be there, but it's like oh this place like you imagine this being this this auditorium should be packed, but it's not. And oh, so it's I mean like, like just think weird. about like the the what's the word like the ad for the movie chain that you're watching, right? Like like if you're going to like a Cinemark, like it's yeah. always like fucking like a bunch of people at the concession stands, a bunch of people walking back and forth outside the theaters. You know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, yeah, yeah, Drinks yeah. pouring, popcorn going everywhere. Like it's, yeah. it's like that's how all of them play. So it's like. It's supposed to be like a hustle bustle, like you know what I mean, like a hub of just a lot of people, and then it's definitely right. not going to be that. <laughs> no, no, and so to you know, I know you know you have two two kids, so it, it might be a little bit hard for you to get out to a movie, you know, uh, anytime soon. But do you see yourself eventually going back, like at all? Because I, I feel you know, I used to go all the time, so for me, it was always like, yeah, I'll go back definitely. But do you think you, who I think is, you know, I would say you're much more. You would fit the, the typical movie goer a little bit more than I would. Do you think you'll go back eventually, or are you kind of like, eh? Well, to move like movie theaters just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. There's like it's it, there's just not a like. Hmm. All right, so if if movies are still available to be streamed, right? And I'm assuming that's kind of what you mean, right? Because obviously, if the if yeah. if companies go yeah. back to just being like, no, nah, we're not streaming brand new movies. We're only doing theaters. Everyone's gonna go back to a theater. Um, but if you're saying like, if streaming a movie is still an option as opposed to just going to the movie theater, even if it's renting it, like even if you have to pay extra to rent it, to stream it versus, you know, going to a movie theater, I think that at least 70% of the time I'm going to want to go to the theater. Um, like, like maybe... I mean, I'm not really into this. This wouldn't really be my thing. But, like, if you told me... What's the movie you just saw? Uh, This week or the one I'm yeah, going to see? Yeah, the, the um, Trial, the right? Trial of the Chicago 7. Okay, so, like, let's say I was interested in that. That might be when I feel okay catching at the house. And it's like I'm saving the gas, the time. I don't have to worry about getting yeah. somebody to watch the boys. You know what I mean? Like, I can just... The moment we put them to bed, I can just... We can sit and watch this. You know, maybe that's something I just rent on a streaming service and it's in a, and something I see. But, like, anything that has any sort of, like, atmosphere to it, I feel like mm-hmm. I, I'm going to want to go to a theater. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. anything that takes, I don't know, like, any thriller, I feel like, you know what I mean? F9. Anything like that. Like I just, or F whatever they end up being, Fast and Furious, whatever. Right. Like, any of the Fast and Furious movies. But, like, even... So, like, those are obvious, right? Like, if a Transformers yeah. movie ended up being good, like, obviously you're going to want to go see that in theater. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of, like, other... Uh, get Out? I was just about to say something like Cabin in the Woods. Like, oh, get, get Out. Okay. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Like, like it's... The fun. Invisible Man. Right. It's trying to make you feel something. And, and so, like... Or you're supposed to feel like you're in the moment. Like, a fucking any of the Oceans movies, right? Like, if a new yeah. Oceans movie mm-hmm. came out, like, like, they're, like... Going through the thing, like a James Bond movie, all those, all those are going to be things that I want to go see in a movie theater. You know, maybe, maybe a big documentary or or like, you know what one might, would put me on the fence that I really wouldn't be sure about is is Judas and the Black Messiah. Because I do feel like it's trying to do something, but it also kind of has the feel of like, you're just trying to teach me about some things. So that one I'd be on the fence about. Right. Okay, and the thing is, if I even if I rented it after having watched it, and that's me going in blind. But after having watched it, even if it was at home, I might have been like, part of me might have been like, 
I kind of wish I would have seen that in a theater. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I know what you mean, and I know exactly sort of that that sort of line that you go. All right, this makes it worth it, right? Like it doesn't have to be a big spectacle, bombast, explosions and shit. It can be just like a crowd pleaser, like Knives Out, or right. You know, you know what a good, a good one, a good example movie. is. I think for one that I, I feel like inevitably I would have saw at home and then regretted it mm-hmm. would be one of your favorite movies, The Social Network, because like mm-hmm. I'd have just been like, this is a book about fa- or this is a movie about Facebook. Like, like yeah. I'll just watch this at the house. And then after you watch it, I feel like there would have been a part of me that had been like, I wish I'd have seen that in a theater. You know yeah. what I mean? But, like, yeah. but like if someone told you, like, I just decided to watch it on streaming, you wouldn't be like, no, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah, you missed out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Bad Trip, the one I, 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 the one I watched this week, the one I mentioned today, I think that's a great audience movie, right? Right. Where you just hear just, like, raucous laughter at the most ridiculous shit where you just, like, you can't even hear the next lines because everybody's laughing so hard. Right. Um, like when I went to see, you know, Neighbors, I loved seeing that. Or no, no what, what was it? it? It was, um, no, it was Neighbors. Yeah, yeah. So I went to see Neighbors that summer it came out, but I went to see it like during the day. And mm-hmm. there was like five or four or five other people in there. And, and it, I, I love that movie. And I had a good time that first time. And then that fall, um, when I had that job in the auditorium at Carolina, we showed it and it was packed because there was free movies. So right. that thing was like 200, 300 people. And it, it was just a completely different experience. Even though I knew what the jokes were, it was just so much better. It was different in a good way. Having all those people laugh there, even though I'd already seen the movie. And when I saw it, it was only like five or six people. Right. Like I, I saw 21 jump street in a theater full of people. Like that's, oh, that's like, oh, it's a different a feeling. Great you, know, one. you know what I mean? Like, it's just like other people are laughing. Things are funny. Like there's a difference. I can imagine like, Watching, all right, this is one thing, like, watching a stand-up special with even just one other person immediately makes it, like, a more fun experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep, yep. Because there'll be something you think is funny, and you'll, like, mm. chuckle. You know what I mean? But, like, if someone else, like, laughs out loud, then you're, like, not, like, it just, for whatever reason, you're, like, yeah, that is hilarious, and I'm laughing out loud. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, it's just, there's something about being in a group full of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll I be nice even... to have that part of society back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, eventually. Yeah, I really don't know what it's going to end up being. I think, you know, you, you and I might be the outliers where people are like, you know, more like people who who aren't in tune with like the world. They just kind of go to the movies every now and then just to do something, right? They might be like, well, it's already on Netflix. I don't have to watch it. Um, right. Well, one thing that, that, that I thought was um, sort of, I was like, oh, that, that that's good. That sort of inspired me or like gave me a little bit of hope was that last night my sister texted me. Um, because at the time of this recording, Godzilla vs. Kong is on HBO Max. So I could go and watch it right now after this recording. Um, and my sister texted me and she was like, Hey, are you going to, have you seen it yet? And I was like, no, I'm going to wait for Sydney. We're going to watch it on Friday at a movie theater. And she goes, Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I was going to go see it in theaters, but then our plans change and we're just going to go see it. We're going to watch it. I'm watching it right now. And I was like, okay, that's good. Because I feel like Yuli is like the latest person I know in terms of a lay person, right? She's just like... (laughs) <laughs> she's an average Joe who, like, you know, she's just, like, she doesn't follow movies. She doesn't go, like, you know, knows that this is part of, like, a monster verse. She's just like, oh, it's Godzilla versus Kong, right? Oh, it's mm-hmm. on my fingertips, right? I have that option. But for her to go, oh, let's go to the movies, I, that gives me hope because it's, like, you have that. And even though she did watch it at home, I go, you thought about it or you had plans. It just didn't work out, right? Right. Where my fear was, you know, when movies and shit started shutting down and things started going to streaming is that somebody like her or, you know, somebody who maybe doesn't follow movies goes, why would I even 
think about going to a movie theater when it's at home. That's ridiculous. Why would I do that, right? Right. Um, so just hearing her say that, I was like, oh, you know what? Movie theaters are going to be okay, right? I, I think <laughs> I think the, the death of theaters has, has been um, overly... Uh, the tales of... What is it? <laughs> the tales of my downfall. The rumors of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that that I think that might be the case for theaters. I think there's enough about going to a movie theater that makes it an experience that people will still want to go largely. Yeah. And also, I do think that we're also still, like, even without that, I also feel like, you know, I, I haven't seen how companies react to, like, if you're a company that's making movies, right? Like, you're mm-hmm. a studio that's just pumping out movies. That... You haven't put a movie in a full-fledged, like, theater release in over a year. Mm-hmm. That first one you fucking hit, and you see that fucking roll of money coming back in, you're like, nah, fuck the streaming service, bro. <laughs> oh, my gosh, like, yes, I need yes. all my money coming through here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's no way it's not more money. I mean, I'm not a fucking accountant, but it has to be, right? Right. Right, right. And, and... And that, like, the first big, like, oh, my gosh, this is the first block- blockbuster back. You're like, fuck, yeah, fuck y'all bitches. I'm making all this money, right? Like you said. <laughs> right. Well, I ain't putting another fucking movie on streaming. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And I I think, so, It, I think the reaction during Endgame might have saved movie theaters. That's, like, my hot take, right? <laughs> where people were, like, cheering and that feeling that people got where I think almost everybody who went to see it had that sort of saying, like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome, right? And those right. videos of people cheering during scenes go viral every time somebody posts them. Right. I think people go, I would like to feel that again sometime, right? Right, exactly. And maybe Godzilla versus King Kong will be that. Maybe Fast and Furious 9 will be that, right? right. Um, Maybe that's a bit giving that movie too much credit but yeah i'm not saying i feel like that's a little bit of a reach but i get what you're saying yeah yeah um it'll be that movie for a specific audience yeah (laughs) yeah um but but yeah yeah so yeah hearing yuli say that i was like damn fuck yes thank god (laughs) right yeah so that's uh i i'm i am looking forward to being able to go to a movie theater um i mean one of the things i I've sat here and thought, like, what is, when when can you take a kid to a kid's movie? Like, what mm. do you think that line is? That's at three, right? Three or three and a half? Three? Yeah, maybe. It depends. Uh, maybe I have an extra hard time because you, you came to my house. Mm-hmm. You saw that my son does not stop fucking moving. <laughs> yes. He's, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, like, I, even now, like, if you tell me, like, give him a whole year, to just grow up a little bit, mellow out a little bit. I'm like, there's no chance he's sitting in that fucking seat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes um, it's just about getting something that will get their attention and they'll like really like it. Like now, my niece now is four and some change. Yes, she's like four and three months old. Four and four and some change. Um, and she's super into Wonder Woman. And my sister okay. sent me a video of her watching the 2017 Wonder Woman. And she's like right in front of the TV and she'll be like, Wonder Woman hit somebody. And she'll be like, oh, oh, right. <laughs> so I think it's just a matter of time because I can't imagine her having that reaction like a year ago when she was three. Right. So. Right. 
She's standing in front of the TV, like three inches from it, and then Wonder Woman obliterates another human and on yeah. the Zack Snyder Justice League. Well, that's and she's weird because like, ah. I told Julie I was like, <laughs> she, she was, I was like, she's like, oh, she's watching Wonder Woman. I'm like, oh, cool, 2017, nice, nice, nice. And I was like, not the seven, not the four hour version, right? And she's like, no, we literally watched that movie three times a day. And I was like, what? Isn't that scary? And she's like, yeah, but she just kind of covers her eyes and goes, mommy, what is that? During the scary parts, and I was like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, I watched Terminator 2 when I was like four. So <laughs> I'm not really like being like, oh my God, she shouldn't be watching that until she's 17 and PG-13 at 13, right? So Right. Um, no, it's funny. I, we actually, I just talked about this with my dad and he was like, we were both kind of like, I feel like I can look past like violence because it's easy to just explain to a kid like, yeah, this person that just blew up into a million pieces, like, that's not a real thing that happens. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like, but, like, think, like there are, there's a line where it's, like, goes into, like, nudity or sexual acts. You're like, well, no, that's a thing that happens all the time. Like, we can't, <laughs> we like, like, I just yeah. need to block you from this a little bit. <laughs> right, right. Yep, yep. But, uh, but yeah, it's just, like, violence. Like, it's, there's another level of just, like, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Samuel like, Jackson so, didn't really get eaten by the shark. He's alive. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, but even, like, personal, like, the Terminator. Like he, like he pulls the fucking guns out of the like the the what is it what is he is it like a bouquet of flowers or something yeah it's yeah, like yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. shotgun it's like right. well, obviously yeah. that's 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 uh what's the like I don't romanticize isn't the right word but it's like stylized you know what I mean like yeah right. that's not a thing that happens like <laughs> like uh fucking he's just like running through just like breaking shit like that that's not what happens but like so for example like the the exorcism I was in like middle school maybe Mm -hmm. when i first like watched the first exorcist yeah and like the it's not like what didn't what threw me so that's like the only time in my life i can remember seeing a movie and like tapping out and being like nah i'm good cut it out like i'm (laughs) like like like, i don't nah i'm not fucking with this like Uh, i've been eerie and felt weird like i've been to a scary movie and then had nightmares or like been like the stereotypical like the lights are off and you're like i don't want to fucking be in here like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i need to get to a room with a light on right now um <laughs> i need to get exactly to where this light switch is turned on in a hurry i've been that but like that was the only time in my life i've been like no nah, i'm good i don't need to see any more of this and then still had all those side effects afterwards but the thing <laughs> is it wasn't like it wasn't like her being like i mean i guess it was but it wasn't that like I was scared because a demon possessed her and that could happen to me. Like, that's not right. like what happened, but it was just like the creepy eeriness the of atmosphere. it all. Yeah. yeah. And then when she's like, so like when she starts jackknifing on the bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, nah, bro, I'm good. I don't need any, like, this is all just super unsettling. I don't need any of it. Right. Like, it's like, okay, even as a middle schooler, I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> have, have you, do you remember a scary movie too? Have you seen scary movie? Yeah. Too? With the, <laughs> Do you remember when James Woods walks in and she spins her head and he goes, fuck this. And he like tries to... <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what... Like, but the, see, that's the difference. It's like her spinning her head around didn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? Because like, mm-hmm. like my head's not going to spin like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but she started acting weird and jackknocking. I was like, nah, bro, I'm out. Like, give me the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, fuck this. Um, <laughs> I, I think... Um, hey, I, think... I was like... I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh no. I I think um 
you know, I hate it because James. I think James Woods is terrible. I think he's like a, a troll on online, but that line always cracks me up. Or when anytime I, I see like anything Exorcist related, I'm always like that scene. Oh fuck this! <laughs> oh, I found it. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> oh, just fucking bailed. Listen, I was the same way with a weird Final Destination two. No, I, God damn it! All right, son of a bitch, bro. I <laughs> Give, forgot those movies existed. Gave me nightmares, but not. I like, didn't. I didn't piece out of that movie. I think I made it through that movie. Yeah, but that movie, and again, there's no like exaggerated. Uh, well, I say that, but like, no, if like you character. go back, it's a fucking clown show. Right. But, like, because, uh, uh, like, it's a clown show because it's like, oh, this screw fell and then it hit this and then this tw- turned and then this cut this wire. Like, like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like this person was walking by and a giant fucking fan fell on their head and killed him. And, like, there was no reason other than it was supposed to happen. And there's a certain level of you as a kid like, oh, fuck, that could be me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like maybe, you know, I- I'm not going to have a, tr- like, fucking indestructible robot come back from the future to murder me you know what i mean like that that's probably not gonna happen but it's like could a bolt on a plane go loose and then like everyone fucking die <laughs> exactly yeah 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 <laughs> it's like yeah no that does happen fuck yeah. <laughs> and i had to, I, I remember i watched that movie when was that i think it was like 2004 or 3 so i was like 10 or 11 or 12 and i watched it and i couldn't sleep that night but it, it was just this weird like anxious feeling because it's like so creepy because it's like you know, there's like, it's just a death and like starts to move, shit starts to move. And I remember being like, oh my God, but there is no like concrete villain, right? Like I didn't see right. Jason following me around or whatever the fuck. Um, there's, but, I don't know which one it is. There's one of those where a bitch gets cooked in a fucking, um. Tanning bed. That's three. Tanning bed. Yeah. That's Ooh, the best one. I, that's the best movie. <laughs> I was like, that shit. That shit can get you. I don't. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't two. know how likely that is to happen, but you you could have fooled me that it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> two two is has the best kills, but three is I think is is my favorite one. It's my the, the best. My it's my favorite one. I don't want to say I don't think any of them are best. Um, but I think it's my favorite one. <laughs> yeah, um, we're talking about Final Destination movies, but <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're great. If you haven't seen any of them, or if you're missing some of them, you should watch them on the kill count because they show you how they do the kills, and it's always really interesting. Um how inventive people are with with that kind of stuff right absolutely um do you want to just push that other topic we'll just push that uh yeah yeah we can push that one yep um all right man well uh that'll be the episode for the week Mm -hmm. um if you want to catch me you can catch me at t moneybags on instagram and twitter and i'm at evercastro92 on instagram if you want to catch the podcast directly, you can catch us at DiffAnimalsPod on Instagram and Twitter, or you can email us directly at DifferentAnimalsPodcast at gmail.com. As usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. See you guys. Peace.